0: can't go Hi folks, I'm Alan Wharton. This is Cutting Twin Matrix on the twenty-fourth of September 2012. Newcomers should make good use of the website cutting You'll find hundreds and hundreds of audios for free download. We'll try the big system together for you and show you how even the things that you like, what you do, your hobbies, your behavior. Uh, the things you look forward to, they're all given to you because those at the top tr- give you the culture and are constantly altering the culture to suit themselves and to dominate you. They tell you to be eternal children and just play until you become geriatric and die. And literally that's what's happened because they had planned a long time ago to bring down all the Western countries in a post-industrial society, and you're in it now. The same boys that set up China to be the manufacturer of the world, to call your factories changed all the laws so they could take them all overseas, and you funded them all to go over there. So now you're just eternal children playing till you die. And that's the bottom line of it too. As long as you have lots of entertainment, uh, it doesn't matter how bad things get. They hope at the top, of course, they'll keep you distracted because it's a, it's a novel twist This bringing in austerity or poverty with lots of entertainment at the same time. It's very, very novel, and it seems to be working awfully well. But the fallout is everywhere too, of course. So help yourself to the whole system, the guys who designed the system, the guys who got together as a big cabal a long time ago, and decided to take over the world, all of its resources, water, food, everything, and you, you as well, actually, and cause wars, and through the wars, they'd bring out their planned society in a, in a global world, which they would dominate. You need wars for conflict, you see, and then you sign treaties, and then you, you say, we can't have this again, we've got to uh, stop this happening, and so you amalgamate countries and Big huge blocks And then you take the blocks And put them under The world government That's what it's all about At the moment And getting rid of a lot of us Who are called surplus Now by top professors In universities We're all surplus It's in your your face It's in the open There's no guesswork left The problem is They have created eternal children Who hear it And they still want to go and play Because it's bad news Playing's better Anyway, help yourself to that. Remember, 2 you're the audience that bring me to you because uh, I don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't sell any products except the books and discs at cutting through com And I don't give you things that will make you live forever or, or try to go and vote for people who will pull you out of the mess that you're in. That's all a con game, a big con game. Um, there's no politician going into the same system that's going to change it. That's obvious. They have to be vetted before they, they go up and you even see them to vote for. They're vetted by the system. They belong to the system. It's been like that for over 100 years, according to Carol Quigley. Now, from the U.S. to Canada, so you can also uh, order the books and discs using personal checks. You can use international postal money orders. You can send cash or you can use PayPal across the world. Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. And remember, straight donations are awfully welcome because it's I brought brought of advertisers. I'd yeah, cut off everything. I'd make a lot of money, believe you me. But I'm not doing it this way because it gives me a freer hand to be a bit more honest. The world you're living in is planned uh, like a big business plan. Most folk take for granted to think maybe we're stumbling down through time on the cutting edge and all hell just breaks loose by itself, no warning, and the big boys at the top have to cope with it all that you think are politicians. Uh, Nothing is further from the truth. All major events that will happen in your lifetime and have happened were planned years and years and years in advance. Even the basic wars invasion of Afghanistan, prior to 9-11, by the way, and Iraq and so on were all planned and even had boys on the field ready to go in before 9-11 went down in 2001. Everything was planned. World War I took a lot of planning and agitating by the Royal Institute for International Affairs. It started in the late 1800s to get it going. And World War II again too. It took a lot of uh, cooperation to get all that going by the Western bankers. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix. And most folk have been completely domesticated. That's the first law you must do as a farmer uh, with animals, is to kill off the, the, the brighter ones, the ones that are a bit more aggressive, and then you start inbreeding and inbreeding and inbreeding the ones that are more domestic until you get the perfect behaved uh, animal. And uh, that's what we have, domestication. Governments have always been in for thousands of years into the art of domesticating the public. Sometimes so well that they have to get them, uh, get new techniques to get them angry again when they want them to go off and fight wars of conquest and things like that. And they have drugs in that today to do all that stuff, lots of psychology and neuroscience to, to activate that part, at least for a little while, although that burns the troops out nowadays. But uh, domestication is awfully, awfully important And you should see uh, If you go into history books You can see how they did it There's so many ways they tried it With the, the general population Through the food supply And uh, ex- lots of experimentation On what to feed them What not to feed them Until they were uh, enough, They had enough energy to, to do all the work The heavy work But they didn't have enough energy To either run off Or to think outside the box And definitely not to get aggressive You see So the world's been a nasty place, now part of the, the, the art of domestication is to turn you into people who believe in Disney. you see, and that way too, you can even personalize animals and so on until you wouldn't want to kill them, to eat them if you had to, if your life depended on it. Natural instincts that they were here for thousands, maybe millions of years, who knows, uh, have been destroyed through fiction and indoctrination. But your masters, we love hunting. They love hunting. Hunting people, too, is the best thing of all for them. They really enjoy hunting people, or foxes, or whatever it happens to be. And nothing really changes. We're left in a nasty world, in other words, a really nasty world where it's, where it's dressed up in Disneyland with nice suits and ties instead of uniforms and guys yelling in front of mass audiences. You see, you've been conned with that, too. You don't think of tyrants as being uh, dressed in smart suits and ties and having PR shots and so on. And saying I feel your pain when they run for politics, all that kind of nonsense. You see, domesticated people, and we're interdependence. Interdependence means you're totally dependent on their system for everything that you need to survive. This is the training into authoritarianism and the society they brought in. The Club of Rome, which is the main think tank, one of the main think tanks for the United Nations said that years ago, that uh, democracy would never work. They'd use it as a front for the public when they go off to wars or bring in democracy and so on as they plunder the countries. But it would never work because there are too many competing parties. And they made sure of that too. Now you've got all intergenerational types and intergeneral uh, gender types all competing for the top seat of of publicity and and, uh, cash handouts and so on and special privileges and so on. In other words, there's just too many competing parties now for democracy, which they made sure it would happen. That way they can go steamroll ahead at the top with authoritarianism and get things done. Nothing happens by accident. And you don't even understand the care that goes in. Time, care, money, and professionals that go into big top think tanks working on all of these aspects of society to keep them under control and to keep them hoodwinked at every turn of what's really going on. It's quite amazing. I mean, the big boys took, oh, they took 50 years to, to set up the United Nations. Uh, and it took at least 50 years to, to work out all the strategies they'd have to use to alter whole generations, step by step, a little bit at a time, then speeding it up when there was no moral values left at all They could speed it up to the end And they'd have eternal partiers They would stay the same age, stuck at 18 Until they're 17 die That's what we have today All to go through an era When all their work would be taken away from them As long as they had enough money to party They think everything was okay Massive discussions, massive papers Volumes and volumes of papers by think tanks working on all of that before it all all happened and you think we're just evolving and things just happen by themselves that's the big trick very simple trick though really now as I say the world's a harsh place it's always been a harsh place power has never been kind to anybody power is ruthless and it's always been ruthless from every empire to the present times utterly ruthless and believe you me, if you don't think there's a lot of people getting bumped off today by those at the top, think again. There's lots of them, they have their wet jobs, they call them, all over the place. All over the place, all the time. As long as you don't catch them doing it, it's always put into, well, could have been anybody who did it. Sort of, no, they, they bump folk off that are really a problem. Really a problem. If they can't ruin them one way or another, they have them bumped off, drive-by shootings, whatever. That's the real world It's always been that way Now in amongst all this too You have some people who have a particular belief system uh, That actually encourages them to profit over From every circumstance Very old system And one man's gain is another man's loss Etc, etc And um, lots of them go on behind the scene Making big, big money of the carcasses of economies, was left of economies. This article's about this. It says, vultures feed when economies are turned into rotten carcasses. And the reporter talks about um, when he was sitting in his Toyota waiting for a particular guy I wanted to talk to. The guy is called Peter Grossman, who's at Wall Street Star. And it says here, Grossman's riches, nearly $100 million for his firm, FG Management, come from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. The reporter says he was just there, in Congo, two days before the stakeout, at a cholera quarantine center in the capital, Kinshasa. Besides lots of cholera, Congo has lots of cobalt. It's important that's why they always have wars going on in the, in the Congo. destabilize it and always have little wars going on. Then you can loot the cobalt for peanuts. Grossman has, uh, through a, a crazy legal loophole in British law, waylaid a payment of $80 million to the African government for a shipload of cobalt from a government-owned mine. Grossman is a vulture, the name Wall Street gives, with an affectionate smile to those who can get their hands on old, forgotten debts of desperately poor nations. Such as Cong- Congo, Zambia, Peru, and Liberia, their cases that this particular reporters investigated, is that they pick up for pennies on the pound of face value. When usually after a Bono concert, Western nations forgive debts owed by these poor countries. By the way, they don't do them with them all. We, we have all the guarantors to pay off, and then the IMF gives them another loan. It's a con game that. It says the nation receiving this aid is now ripe enough and flush enough for an attack by a vulture Who demands many a pound of flesh for the debt he suddenly brandishes In Grossman's case his company paid about three million dollars for a debt That Zaire, which is now Congo, owed Yugoslavia, which is now Bosnia A court on the tiny island of Jersey, a tax haven in the Channel Islands has ordered Congo to turn over the $80 million it has in a bank account there, the payment for the cobalt. Furthermore, Congo must pay an additional $20 million to Grossman if the country can find the money. If that seems nuts to you, it is. The UK and other nations bar collections by vultures against poor countries where Western government treasuries have agreed to give up their own claims. However, Grossman was free to sue Congo in Jersey, a pseudo-colony of Britain, because the UK Parliament failed to include the words and Jersey and in its anti-vulture law. They didn't fail to do anything. They almost leave Jersey as a loophole for the rich. How did Grossman get his hands on Congo's debts to Bosnia? Uh, that's what I was waiting, he says, in the Brooklyn Cold to ask him. Here's what he can piece together. Only three days before he was in the Congo, he says, I was in the office of the chief of financial police in Sarajevo, uh, Bosnia. With the help of the Centre for Investigative Reporting in Bosnia, we tracked down the police report asserting that the nation's own Prime Minister had slipped control of the debt to one Michael Sheehan, aka Goldfinger, who for a fee passed it from the Bosnian State Power Company to Grossman. The Bosnian police chief told me this little business with the Congo debt was a crime and that now former Prime Minister Nedzad Bankovic, good name, Brankovic is, should be in prison. Yet to date, prosecutors have not acted. I got to the man who blew the whistle on Brankovic, Brigadier General uh, Isaac Spahik. He'd worked out a deal for Bosnia a Power Company, which is broke, to make power pylons for Congo, which is also desperately bloke, broke, and the project would generate electricity, clean water, profits for both nations. Quite a heartwarming story of two nations coming out of civil wars with a combined total of 4 million dead, helping each other, but when it was discovered that the Vulture in Brooklyn had control of the debt between the nations, the electricity deal was off. So I went by the Bosnia pylon making factory. It was now closed and several thousand workers were gone. And, and it says, uh, the Brigadier General was furious. How could these people think about making a profit off of civil war, poverty and unimaginable suffering? When do humans grow feathers and claws? It's a question I'm going to ask Grossman when he comes out because the Guardian and BBC Newsnight want to ask it, want me to ask it. For me, the vulture's answer is inconsequential to the bigger picture. Assume that after we break our story, Parliament will move to close a loophole, so glaringly left open to the vulture, and the US Congress will at least pretend to consider anti-vulture legislation languishing in some committee. So we have got really our bounty hunters. Big time bounty hunters that get set out to basically blackmail countries by stopping all the other trade going in and out of them until they get a debt, a private debt offered the cash system. Countries have been torn apart and have collapsed. And these guys do awfully well. But it's not within it's not outside of their belief system, these guys. And they play that, they think that's the way life is. They're they're pragmatic, they believe, and that's just the way it is. And also put up a, a link tonight uh, from the Center for Strategic and International Studies about homegrown extremism in the US is really hype it up and hype it up and hype it up. Remember, you, until you die until you all of you who hear me die. You can live in a world where terrorism is, is ongoing. There's going to be no peace again, forever. That's it. That's the big plan. That's the only way you can have it when you have a totalitarian system that's, that's national and global. You have to find uh, extremists everywhere, forever and ever, just like they did in the Soviet Union. Once they consolidated their power and took over the small countries, you have to find uh, extremists everywhere, and those who are counter-revolutionary, they called them, who didn't like the system. And that's how you keep total control over the public. Now, New Zealand could be having uh, US troops sent to them. The big meeting going on now about it too as the US moves over to the Far East. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Ellen Watts cutting through the matrix, and what a matrix it is, it's for deception and incredible indoctrination as well. Indoctrination can stop you seeing what's right in front of your face, literally, it alters your perception, total perception management, they call it. You're told what you've been told, you'll see, and that's what you'll see, you see what you've been told. Now, I was mentioning there that New Zealand now has is going to start bringing US troops in as well, as Australia, of course, has already gone. And they'll be spilling them up. But it's also to do with nuclear uh, power as well in that area. We're talking about weaponry. And, uh, of course, they're, they're building up the big muscle in the Far East. They also have other countries to take out, too, once they're finished with the Muslim countries in the Middle East. Uh, so there's a lot in the Far East as well and other places so uh, there's a lot of things that are happening uh, to do with that there's definitely to be none of them left call, with the religion that is at the end of this whole system just like they smash Christianity and everything else uh, there's to be no uh, Muslims either basically, if it is it's to be a very watered down version, a brand new version now in places like Britain, that, that's uh, screwed the people there forever. I mean, Britain's always been like that. It's, it's not a place where there's any democracy. It never was. It was always ruled by a very wealthy elite that really got into it big time when the Rothschilds took over because they really knew how to scam the money then. And he knew all the tricks of the trade, and he got perpetual wars on the go, and also the income tax system came in so they could always borrow from the bank and the private lenders like Rothschild himself, and uh, and then use the taxpayers to pay up, pay up the debts. It's interesting, though, it was only a few years ago they mentioned that they just paid off the, the debts for World War I. World War, so World war II ago, and, and Korea and other ones after that. So war is a great business, mind you, but more so than the profit it brings in, even if it's long term, is the power that it gives to people who might handle the money over the rest of the country. They rule it, you see. They're, they're, they're the real rulers. These are the guys who set up they're all institute for international affairs, and he decided to use Britain as, as the, the British Empire, and then America would take over that same system and finance it until they were also destitute. It's worked awfully well. But part of the trick too is almost to, to to con the public into the, into the, the fact that politicians care about you, you know. And uh, as I, I can remember even with Bush in, in the U.S., Bush Jr., he was honest enough, you know, he's honest enough because he wasn't too bright. And he he did say in a a video that's up there on YouTube, he said "Um, I've never met a a poor person. He says he says what did they think about? And he says does anybody here know a poor person? So one of them put his hands up and he says find out all you can about how they think and how they live. They didn't he didn't know. Well you see, that might shock a lot of people But that's how it really has always been in Britain There's this actual class there That that utterly doesn't know how ordinary folk live And often these people themselves Have houses all over the planet Uh, But anyway, what they do Is they screw the people every turn Because they have no problems About talking about the masses And the peasantry and the unwashed masses H.G. Wells hated and detested the ordinary people And he himself Came from the middle class. His daddy was an alcoholic, and his mum worked as as an in-house servant at a big fancy mansion for wealthy folk. So he grew up in the house, thinking he was, you know, part of that system. And he was petrified by watching all the factory workers marching off to the factories and the mines every morning. So he began to loathe them and hate them. So he, so these types are often even worse than the guys that they serve. Uh, And that's how they really are in countries like Britain, but that's pretty well worldwide. The same system occurs, and look down upon all the rest. Plato did the same thing, with aristocracy looking down on the rest. But what they do is they say, will screw the people," you see, and and sometimes it's very overt, other times it's subtle, and and sometimes they use really um, complicated system to screw you out of everything you've got. But one of them, of course, is public-private partnerships, of course. And um, the whole of Britain has been at it about trying to redefine uh, illness for, for compensation. Big ongoing uh, talks about it right now. And it's happening in Scotland as well. So here's what one nurse was told. Lots of them have been told this. Nurse makes a heartfelt apology after ETHOS forced her to trick disabled people out of benefits. She was ordered to trick them out of their benefits. Because you, you really matter at the bottom. Yeah. Scots nurse Joyce Drummond reveals how thousands of genuinely ill people were set up for a fall before they'd even been assessed by benefits from ATOS. But what do you expect? I mean, these, these companies that they farm them out to uh, are in it for profit, for God's sake. Maximize the profit. How do you do that? And he says, well, you, you gotta just don't give benefits to anybody. You take it all. Joyce has not worked since the stress of her job at ATOS and um, says um, the nurse has revealed how her own life was ruined after uh, under fire benefits firm ATOS forced her to trick disabled people out of cash. She says her training uh, meant that she knew claimants were unfit to work, but she was told to mark people as fit if they could write or show up for an interview properly dressed. Eventually Joyce was com- uh, carpeted by her bosses for being too nice to the claimants. Extract claim unemployment or for benefits because they're disabled. After five months, she was signed off with stress caused by having to stick to trick sick people out of their benefits, and she quit in July 2009. Hasn't worked since. She says candidates were marked down if they looked well presented with neat hair and makeup, turned up with a, a toddler, a child. Uh, they could sign uh, the application form. So just signing the application form meant you know you were fit to work. Public fury is growing against ATOS who have assessed thousands of people with terminal illnesses as fit for work. Terminal illnesses, folks. And you think something has changed between the times of Dickens and today? Do you really? Back with more after this.
1: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
0: Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix talking about people being basically classes fit for work if they could even turn up or even put their name in a form. Because everybody's at it at the top now, and there's so many folk who are really unfit, especially in Britain, because they were the first countries to get massive overdosing of vaccinations and really poisoned food, you see. And it says, um, public fury is growing against Atos, who have assessed thousands of people with terminal illnesses as fit to work. And thousands with genuine chronic conditions have been dragged over the coals repeatedly by their inquisitors. The mum of one Joyce from Moss Park, Glasgow, said ATO's decision-makers paid no attention to her professional clinical opinion and were only interested in cutting down the number of claimants for the biggest profit, you see. She reveals all the questions she was told to ask were loaded. She said, I stopped working uh, at ATO's three and a half years ago, but I still feel sick every time I think of those people deemed fit for work when very clearly were incapable of doing so. So she apologizes, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. So once I realized how I manipulated the assessment system, once I got out immediately, the stress of all made me ill, and I have not worked since. So it goes through the system as it really, really is, and all the cons involved. But that's the real world. Again, you're all living in Disney World, you see, where you've given a fictitious, nicey-nicey opinion of humanity and ancient times to the present, and it really is a fiction. But it works with a lot of people. It works. It's worked awfully well. Loss of indoctrination. Also, I'll put up tonight, too, a little video on Taser Shockwave. They're always, you know, the military-industrial complex loves to show their latest weaponry. This is like a, a big kind of shotgun-type blast that fires multiple uh, cattle prods because that's what they're using on the public now. These are electric cattle prods on wires. And they bring us down because we're just cattle. I'll put that link up tonight as well. Also, to show you how society's plummeted and you've got perpetual children, 50 Shades of Fetish at Folsom Street Fair. As, as the whole country's going to the dogs, and actually I shouldn't say the dogs. Dogs are good animals and not crazy like people. And the economy's falling apart and we're getting plundered by the ones at the top for more weapons and so on as they build up massive internal armies. Uh, people are playing like children and they are perpetual children. I'll put that up tonight too. There's lots of those articles, of course. And also an Article 2 with Monsanto Corn, uh, but I've mentioned it before a few times, but uh, this uh, independent study. You understand Monsanto made deals with all governments for years that you couldn't test uh, their particular products. It was illegal to test this stuff independently to see how if it poisoned or affected living humans or animals. What a deal. And you think you're living in a democracy where folk look after you. But it says rats fed a lifetime died off Monsanto's genetically engineered corn or exposed to the company's popular Roundup herb- herbicide-developed tumours and suffered severe organ damage. That's from an independent French study that was released on Wednesday. And of course, they've already spent millions of Monsanto pumping it just in the last few days, uh, trying to, in a big propaganda campaign and, and finding all the experts to come out that's on their pay list and paychecks. Uh, and to, to counter it, and say, well, you use the wrong kind of, you know, rats and so on for the testing. As they go on and on and on with it, all your governments are all for this to bring down the population and sterilise you too and kill you off earlier. And Canada, it's okay now to 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 be a, a paedophile as as long as you're a woman doing it. You're the if a woman's a perpetrator, it's okay. And, so, and I just made a landmark ruling. Really a teacher uh, was a, she groomed a young boy aged from the age of twelve for sex. And it's okay. It's okay now. So as long as you're a woman, uh, then you can do it. For those guys who've been caught doing it, you can get transgendered, I suppose, before the court case, and then they'll have to let you off with it. That's how crazy we are there today, you see. And also, this article is about um, the military. There's so many suicides in the military that now have come up with this new antidepressant nasal spray. So now they're snorting all these chemicals, you see because it's so crazy Uh, uh, military hopes antidepressant nasal spray will prevent suicides they're seeing unprecedented mental illness and suicide in its ranks now by the way that unprecedented mental illness and suicide in its ranks is across the board in the general population it's just getting more noted in the military that they have to publish it for those who haven't haven't clued in yet so anyway this is funding research to treat depression and prevent the most tragic of outcomes and I'll put this link up tonight too. This is a report released by the military found that mental health disorders in active duty troops increased 65% since 2000. Of the more than 900,000 diagnoses, about 85% included cases of adjustment disorders, depression, alcohol, abuse and anxiety. That's like the general population. This month, the Army reported 30 suspected suicides amongst active duty and reserve soldiers. July, the highest monthly numbers of suicides since record-keeping uh, record began a few years ago. China, of course, now it's given the, the free hand, remember China was set up by London uh, because the Royal Institute for International Affairs mentioned in their meetings in the 1930s, their annual meetings, that they would set up China to be the manufacturer of the planet. And they've done it. And then they set up the World Trade Organization. And then they set up the GATT Treaty, which allowed uh, you to finance the factories abroad so that you got them move without paying for it. You did it all, the taxpayers. And America's governments did it, uh, Britain's governments did it. It's all one big con government, you see. It's all a sham. There are no individual nations, you see. If you haven't figured that out, it's one big giant club running the world. So anyway, China looks to milk Australian dairy farms. They're taking over massive chunks of Australia. It's getting sold piecemeal, basically, as they take over uh, power in Australia. And that was on the cards, too, because for the Institute for Pacific Relations... There's one branch that quickly mentioned of the Council on Foreign Relations. that have been working for 70 years on the amalgamation of the Far Eastern Pacific Rim regions, and we're living through it today. Didn't happen by itself, folks. There's a new SARS-like uh, coronavirus identified by UK officials. The SARS in Canada was more of a, a testing thing than a reality for people, uh, mainly people of, of uh, Chinese origin or Eastern origin. But it says, A new respiratory illness similar to SARS. that spread globally in 2003. It says it has been identified in a man who's been treated in Britain. He, he was transferred to a London hospital by air from Qatar and is the second person confirmed with the coronavirus. The first case was a patient in Saudi Arabia who's since died. Remember, you have, they have gene-specific viruses now. And one of the big newspapers in Britain, I mentioned about 10, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, maybe, I don't know. I mentioned it on the air, and it was um, where a reporter got into Portland Downs, where they make all this stuff in, in England for the military, and he sat and listened to these guys talking about race-specific viruses, and and they were yawning over their breakfast, as they were, you know, just a matter of fact, everyday conversation. All this lovely stuff to kill all whole populations and gene types off. So anyway there's another one come out, so they've just they've been introducing stuff into the Middle East. And this article too is um is called Drab Planet News. The world's greatest propaganda pump is trying to get us in our post industrial, post democratic, austerity plundered world to become excited about the possibility of going to Mars. And that's not what they do, isn't it? They try to get excited about something as the whole world's falling apart, you know as a, health, a healthy distraction from the BBC's obsession with fear-mongering and terrorising its play, uh, pay, yes, pay licences over the watch the damn propaganda. And the gross media training to, for us to eat maggots, spiders and earwigs in their future utopia to keep the planet sustainable were fed the usual irrelevant garbage about pottering off to Mars. The BBC's viewpoint in our post-industrial world is a two-part handout for us to consume along with our worms and maggots, or mini-beasts as they now call them. I did wonder what indoctrination was behind the educational eco-mini-safaris they send our children out on these days down here on planet Earth. They should have these now, field safaris to eat bugs. There's also the bombardment of images, stinking rich celebrities pretending to eat creepy crawlies in reality shows. The world's greatest propaganda pump is trying to get us in our post-industrial, post-democratic, austerity plunder world to become excited about the possibility of going to Mars. That's great, isn't it? We have nothing better to beat to, to ourselves with, I suppose, as our money is used to illegally invade the whole of the Middle East and elsewhere, so the drones can eliminate us over here once the job is done over there. Yep, yeah. isn't that the truth of it? Yep. Yeah. And their article two, drugs that the drugs don't work, a modern medical scandal. It says. Doctors prescribe the drugs, they don't know uh, they don't know uh, what they're meant to do. These drugs, nor do their patients, and the manufacturers know full well. It says, drugs are tested by their manufacturers in poorly designed trials on hopelessly small numbers of weird, unrepresentative patients, and analysed using techniques that exaggerate the benefits. Uh, robexetine is a drug. He says I have prescribed. This is a doctoring. Other drugs have done nothing for my patients, so we want to try something new. I read the trial data before I wrote the prescription and found only well-designed, fair tests with overwhelmingly positive results. Roboxetine was better than a placebo and as good as any other antidepressants in head-to-head comparisons. It's approved for use by the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, which governs all drugs in the UK. Millions of doses are prescribed every year around the world. Roboxetine was clearly a safe and effective treatment. The patient and I discussed the evidence briefly and agreed it was the right treatment to give, didn't try next. And since I signed the prescription, this is, but we have both been misled. In October 2010, a group of researchers was finally able to bring together all the data that had ever been collected on roboxetine, both from trials that were published and from those that had never appeared in academic papers. When all this trial data was put together, it produced a shocking picture. Seven trials had been conducted comparing roboxetine against the placebo. Only one conducted in 254 patients had a neat positive result. And that one was published in an academic journal, so they took the one that seemed to have some effect on and published it. One person. For doctors and researchers to read, but six more trials were conducted and, and almost ten times as many patients, all of them showed that robexetine was no better than a dummy sugar pill. None of these managed to be more expensive than sugar. None of these trials was published and I had no idea that they even existed. It got worse. The trials comparing Roboxetine against other drugs showed exactly the same picture. Three small studies, 507 patients in total, showed that Roboxetine was just as good as any other drug. They're all published, but 1,657 patients' worth of data was left unpublished. And this unpublished data showed that the patients on Roboxetine did worse than those on other drugs. If all this wasn't bad enough, there were also the side effects data The drug looked fine in trials that appeared in academic literature But when we saw the unpublished studies, it turned out that patients were more likely to have side effects More likely to drop out of taking the drug and more likely to withdraw from the trial because of side effects if they were taking reboxetine rather than one of its competitors So he goes on, what a doctor normally does Well, if a doctor is real, that is, a lot of them go along with it regardless because they're well paid And they don't care but he, he went through it and made his, his own decisions. He says, nobody broke any law in that situation. boxidine is still in the market, and the system that allowed all this to happen is still in play for all drugs in all countries in the world. Negative data goes missing for all treatments in all areas of science. Negative treatment goes missing. The regulators and professional bodies would reasonably expect to stamp out such practices that have failed us. These problems have been protected from public scrutiny because they're too complex to capture in a soundbite. This is why they've gone unfixed by politicians, at least to some extent, but it's also why it takes detail to explain. The people you should have been able to trust to fix these problems have failed you, and because you have to understand the problem properly in order to fix it, there are some things you need to know. And he goes on and on, and how they exaggerate the benefits of treatment. Well, here's the truth of it all. It's all a racket, folks. Jack Long said it. Anything to do with, say, police shows, dramas, movies, military shows, dramas, movies, medical shows, dramas, series, all fiction, is nothing but propaganda to make you think that they're guardian angels of you. They're big, incredible, greedy businesses, the biggest on the planet. They're a guaranteed clientele because every year millions more turn sick with all the injections and stuff they've had prior to that. They kick in at a certain age. It's disgusting. There's only about 10 pills at work. The average GP knows this. At least you used to teach them this. And that's all you carry in your bag around with you. The rest of it is garbage and often dangerous. That's a fact. You should have that in this article too. Now, there's Article 2, but the forthcoming parliamentary elections in Ukraine is a litmus test of the Ukraine's commitment to democratic principles as a step towards further European integration. Further European integration. A pre-electoral delegation of the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe said at the end of a two-day visit in Kiev in uh, September. So they're all going at this, this deeper amalgamation into Eliminating the states, as they call the nations now, the states, into just, just Europe, you see. And again, who drafted that up? The Royal Institute for International Affairs. Years ago. It's in their own book. Uh, but now, it says, EU officials propose internet cops on patrol, uh, no anonymity and no obscure languages because of terrorism, it says. So I'll put this link up too, and it shows you how they're going at it big time. Also, the FBI renews broad internet surveillance push for the U.S. and Americas. And it says that um, Robert Mueller tells Congress that police are increasingly unable to bring criminals to justice because of rapid advances in technology. technology thwarts surveillance, he says. So they want... They're renewing its request for new internet, internet surveillance laws seeing technological advances hinder surveillance and warning that companies should be required to help build in back doors for police. Now they've built the back doors in for everybody else and has been that since day one that they gave you computers. So, uh, they want more back doors even for all, all police agencies so they can go through all your stuff. Your life is not yours, folks, you know, but the farmers want to know how the animals are because they own you. They don't know everything about you. Also on this wonderful day as of destroyed society and the create prep, uh, perpetual children, uh, Facebook birthday invite leads to mayhem in a Dutch town. Thousands turned up and rioted. It was literally a flash mob. And remember that article I read from the, the military think tank for NATO and Britain, where they said that the thing of the future is flash mobs, the more and more flash mobs. And here it's happening. Thousands and thousands turned up and rioted all through this, this, this place and, uh, near Amsterdam. Also an article tonight is, is, is to do with um, fluorides. I mentioned before, the, the, the Chinese are selling fluoride as pesticide, which it is too, by the way. And um, you're supposed to take that to make you healthy for those who haven't quite got it yet. And another one too, uh, doc, uh, video. It says the health dangers of genetically engineered food are massively presented in a documentary by Jeffrey Smith, one of the world's leading authorities on GE foods. And it goes through the links and so on of of sicknesses that are becoming very rampant today because of the GE foods and and, and what it's doing to the livestock as well, by the way. You're getting it. The food chain, remember, everything goes through the food chain. Even the aerial spraying that they're doing is soaked to ground and, and it's becoming too alkaline, it's into with all the aluminum oxide and in the, in the barium, and strontium. And it's killing off the young trees that haven't got deep enough roots. So they get the biggest dose of the stuff that's in the soil at the top. That like gets eaten up by the food chain too, the grass, everything. Then you eat the, that, you know, the animals or the vegetables. You think it's all by accident, don't you? You always will. That's your choice. Germany's wind power chaos should be a warning to the UK, it says. Germany has gone further down the renewables path than any country in the world, and now it's paying the price. And so shall we all back with more after this. and back we're cutting through the matrix and we'll go to uh, Brian from the UK if he's still there is is he there Brian
1: yeah I'm here yeah go ahead can you hear me yep yep okay you mentioned uh, earlier a modern utopia and um, you know I read it a while ago and um, the chapter 5 failure in utopia uh, you know I have to agree with you it's really quite appalling yep Uh, The content of it, you know, the rhetoric uh, expressed in it is, uh, you know, to a certain extent sickening, actually.
0: Well, he actually said in in that book, uh, and remember, too, he was a member of the Fabian Society, which is one wing of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Uh, he, he said that um, by this time, in this future the utopia, he says, we, we, we didn't kill everybody off with firing squads that were inferior, all the inferior types. He says, instead, we sterilized them by different means. Uh, and so they would had died off that way. They didn't procreate and spread their so-called bad genes on. Uh, they had lots of stuff in it, but he was an awful snob. Yeah.
1: He also mentioned stuff about the, I think he mentioned the Irish. I mean, did they have a dislike for the Irish or
0: something? It it was part of the formula from the days of Cecil Rhodes, and even before that, uh, John John Stuart Mill and his son, the same name as well, who were top economists, and they wrote as well for the, they worked for the royalty, et cetera, and for the British Empire. They had a list of nations to be taken out and, and extinguished. Uh, the Red Indians, they would never adapt into the man's 85 system of, of working. So a lot of the blacks, he said, this is only blacks will allow into them were the ones that can mimic man's economic work progress. Otherwise, the rest would get eliminated. The Scots, the Irish, because they were too prone to rebellion against what they saw as injustice. So the Scots and Irish were both put down for elimination, yeah. Not just Wells, but all the, all the different groups. It's all the same group, really, uh, right at this present time that run the system.
1: Yeah. Well, you had mentioned uh, you know, in a number of broadcasts, um, the, the Scottish and the Irish, uh, how the, the intention is to sort of deplete the numbers sort of thing, or to yes. calculate them to a certain extent, or maybe eradicate them all
0: Altogether, eventually, some of them even mentioned how they could use them uh, as Britain pushed its world empire, and then they'd have to start to eliminate them. Well, that's exactly what's been happening.
1: (laughs) Well, could I give you a statistic? Yes. In 1951, the population of Scotland was uh, Mm -hmm. 5,100,000. In 2011, the population uh, statistic was 5,200,000. Yeah in 60 years it's hardly
0: moved at all yeah but it's massive immigration if you look at their own statistics they show you the amount of immigration into Scotland and England in fact that's to say that Maggie Thatcher came out with all that too and she said that the reason she was opening the floodgates to immigration was because there's not enough young people being born to pay off the national debt that was her excuse at the time and all the articles I've read on the air since then have confirmed that from the United Nations, from the EU itself and from the British Census Departments all see the same, even Ireland's the same problem. So it's massive immigration that's doing it. What was interesting to me too is that uh, the bureaucrats that helped mess up the whole system, and they're highly paid intergenerational bureaucrats, they marry each other. you know. And uh, once they've screwed up England, they started to move up into Scotland because they, they made such a mess down in England, they wanted some peace and quiet. So lots of them have moved up as well, even as far as the Orkneys and the Shetlands. And um, but the rest of them are immigrants who are coming into the big cities from India, uh, like look at Edinburgh now, for instance, you know, places like that. So immigration camouflages the effect of. They Actually, see the native populations are all in massive decline. But thanks for calling from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.